0: Welcome back to Women of AB. Polly, I'm your host, Deirdre Mitchell-McLean.
1: And I'm her co-host, the voraciously feminist Kiki Planet, a.k.a. Kathleen Smith.
0: You always put so much thought into this. I'm like, nah, here we
1: go. <laughs> <laughs> that's, but that's the sum total of my effort, Deirdre. <laughs> <laughs> so you do all the work. I show up with one witty line. <laughs>
0: And we are back to, this is actually our third episode talking about municipal politics. And joining us today from the University of Alberta's Augustana campus in Camrose, Alberta, is Dr. Shauna Wilton. Welcome, Shauna. Thank you for having me on your show. And I'm super excited to hear about uh, Shauna's paper because it is called Grandma is the Mayor. And uh, from what I did get into it already. It's it's very good. It's very interesting. I, I'm excited to talk about it more. And we also have with us from Strathcona County, Carla Howitt, who was a councillor in Ward 4 from 2013 to 2017. Welcome, Carla. Thank you. And so let's get straight into this. Shauna, we're going to start with you. Tell sure. us a little bit about this. We were having a little bit of a pre-conversation how there's not a whole lot of research out there specifically about women
2: in uh, municipal politics. I'll maybe start at the beginning which is how this came about. I was asked to do a workshop at um, a rail commons conference which is this rural Alberta institute of learning and on um, women in municipal politics and I didn't know a whole lot about it and so I started doing some research to get some background information and um, realized that there wasn't that much out there on this topic. And I did the workshop and, and you know, sort of talked more generally about women in politics, which is what I, what I study, and, um, and realized that a bunch of the women in the room were either in local politics or had been. Oh. And then they started telling their stories. And sort of took over and it was wonderful and um and i realized that they had really interesting stories to tell about their experiences and that this would contribute a lot to our understanding of women in politics in general so i developed this research project we surveyed um almost 200 women in alberta in 2018 and about their background their experiences in politics and got some um good insights into why they were there what they cared about the barriers they faced and so on
0: you still have to listen to the podcast even though this paper you know will be distributed in june yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> it's like
1: the basis of of the podcast <laughs> yeah we're, we're the side dish to it yeah so. they go hand in hand like peas and carrots hmm <laughs> I think a lot of
2: people would rather listen to a podcast than read an academic paper. So
1: oh, okay. I think you just <laughs> summed up the entire, you boiled it down. <laughs> That's the whole problem with the world today.
3: Georgia and I had been talking earlier about how we were geeking out when we got a chance to read her paper.
0: Yeah yeah because I was when I first looked it up online it said it wouldn't be available till June 2021 and I was like ah well that sucks and I'm like so let's see if I can if I can bring her on and then she sent me a copy of it and I was so excited so I sent it out to Carla and and Kathleen as well when I when I booked everything and then Carla sends me a message and she's like we get a paper (laughs) and we're special yeah we're special
1: Carla (laughs)
2: Well, well, I'm glad that three people are excited about it in the <laughs> world anyways,
0: right? <laughs> well, and when you were saying too that, that when you start researching it and you realize there's not a lot of information, um, and I don't know if it'll, if it'll show up, but I had said I, I, I did a crim paper like that once because I was looking at uh, patriarchy in the justice system. And so I chose my topic prior to actually doing much research. And lo and behold, you know, we're a month away from, and, and it was the massive paper worth 50% of my mark. And I start doing the research and every single thing that I can find says, there's really not a lot of research. And I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I bullshitted, you know, 30,000 words. So,
2: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, was, I think
0: that's awful when that happens. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think this is, it's growing. More people are looking at municipal politics now and doing research on it. There's a big study being done by some people in, in Ontario and Quebec, looking at it across the country, not at gender specifically, but just at that level of politics. So I think people are giving it more attention now than we have in the past, which, which is good.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, and so when you were going through your research, there was, uh, there was something that I have to bring up right away. I want to talk about this. Um, the ambition gap. I did not like that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, tell me about the ambition gap. (laughs) So I mean, the ambition gap is basically the idea that um, I guess what it comes down to in, in this context is that women are less likely to see themselves in these positions. So men are more likely to see a mayor or see a counselor and think, oh, yeah, that's something I could do. Right. I have the qualifications for that. I could do a good job of that. Um, women are less likely to do that. And this goes back to how women and girls are, are socialized, the roles that we have in society. And, and so what my research found and what others have found as well is that women really need encouragement. Mm-hmm. They need someone who is already on city council um, to come to them and say, you should do this. Right? You'd be really good at this. You have the skills for this. And in my research, I don't think it's in this paper, but when we asked women what skills they thought were important, they listed things like communication and listening and, you know, having experience working with groups. And, and when we asked them, Do you th- did you think you were qualified when you entered? They were like, well, not really and then we said to them what skills do you have and gave them the same skills And they're like well I'm a good communicator I'm a good listener I've worked with a lot (laughs) of groups and organizations so I think we just need to have it uh, pointed out to us more often than men do that we can do these jobs that we should be trying to do these jobs but it's hard um, especially if there aren't many women elected in your area if you're Mm -hmm. going on to what in some areas have all men sitting on their councils and warts Um, it's hard to break into that right
1: yeah we're pretty close in Edmonton yeah we've seen a a drastic reduction in the number of women serving on our council which is it's heartbreaking really it's it's sad to see us moving backwards in terms of representation and yet we're seeing that more and more Uh, historically I've noticed And this is just anecdotal, of course. But when economies are doing well, when we're in the good times, the boon times, uh, more women run and more women get elected. For whatever reason, when our economies start to decline, when we're in the bad times, people tend to vote more for men, which is interesting. It's almost as though during difficult times... We still get uh, swallowed up by that. We need a father, right? We need a patriarch. We need a man to lead us through these dark times. I think we saw that in the American election with Joe Biden winning, even though I I really don't think he was the best person to even be the nominee, but everyone was looking for that. Sort of placating, compassionate figure after a time of great upheaval. Yeah. So, continuing with what uh, what Shauna has said about what she discovered with women um, not thinking they're qualified to run, uh, I think that's especially important important in our upcoming muni elections because. This is historically the, the type of environment that lends itself towards women getting shut out completely. And yeah. that's very concerning.
2: Yeah, I think it would be interesting to know how many women ran in the election. And I don't have those numbers, but um, is it just men getting elected or are more men also running? And I wonder, too, if men's jobs aren't as busy as they're not, if they're not as busy with their
1: careers, if they then look towards something else to do and then women get shut out that way. And that and so many other factors during difficult times, during uh, economic hardship, time and time again, the burden of that is downloaded onto women. And so they find themselves with more responsibilities, uh, more to worry about in their own professional lives and in their home lives and as such may not be running in as large of numbers right because the burden they're carrying is already quite uh, oppressive
0: and Carly you were saying that that in Strathcona County that you've had what appears to be a little bit of an anomaly where you have you have had more women representation
3: uh, yeah, and so just to give a little bit of background um, for my involvement with that, I when I was a counselor from 2013 to 2017, um, I was also involved. Okay, so as a specialized municipality, we um, were involved with both the AUMA, what was then the AUMA, and what was then the
0: AAMDNC, which, which basically is the Alberta urban municipalities association
3: yeah yeah it's basically an association for rural an association for urban and so we got a chance to go to both of those and to see both types of makeup kind of thing I also um was involved with FCM which is a federation of Canadian municipalities they had a standing committee on women in politics oh and so I was involved with that and but I Oh, and also in the capital region, we had um, sort of a women's group where all the female counselors would get together. We did it a couple of times just to, you know, just discuss how things were going, build relationships and that kind of stuff. And I That's, have to that's talk- still
0: ongoing. Yes,
3: I, <laughs> yeah. And I have to say, I struggled with the whole thing because of the history in Strathcona County. And so I I printed off and um, took a look at our history. So now this council that sits right now is a bit of an anomaly, and I'll get into that later. But when I sat, there were four out of nine were women and one was the mayor. Mm. So that was 44%. The council before that had three women and one was the mayor council before that four women one was the mayor council before that four women one was the mayor uh council before that three women one was the mayor (laughs) three women three women like we constantly hit at one point in from 95 to 98 we had five women out of I think there was eight then 62 percent that's amazing that is and it wasn't just it's not just municipal politics. In 2012, out of three MLAs, which were um, had parts of Strathcona County, we had two female MLAs. In 2015, under the NDP, we had three women um, MLAs. In 2019, we have two men and one woman under the UCP.
0: Oh, so hmm. they, Now, federal, federal
3: hmm. is a totally different story because federally, we are extremely we're we're a very conservative riding and we have just historically gone well we've always been conservative and it's always a white man um old or young and so we have historically and I've always said when FCM was talking about women and getting it up to 30 percent and I'm like we're past that so I was having a hard time getting really riled up about it and what I kept saying was why is nobody asking why it's working here?
0: Right. Yeah. What are you doing differently?
3: Yeah, What what is so different about Strathcona County that we don't have that issue? Instead of looking at what's wrong, what are we doing right? Now, having said all of that, the last term was an all-time low. This last term has had one woman out of nine and a male mayor. First male mayor since uh I think well I don't know that we've actually had a male mayor but we've had a male Mm reeve. this was before we or no sorry that's not true Vern Hartwell was the mayor in 2001 and that was the last 2001 to 2004 and that was the last time we had a male mayor
1: so how much of uh, the success of women running for municipal office in Strathcona County do you think is associated with the luxuries of uh, a certain economic class? Well, because let's, I mean, Strathcona County has a heck of a lot more money and uh that means a lot <laughs> for <laughs> for women who want to run for office, right?
3: The median income in Strathcona County, last I checked, was, I think, 144000 Family. Holy
1: crap.
3: Medium family income. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yes, there's absolutely that. I'm having a hard time with that because I was certainly not in that position. <laughs> yeah. Thinking, wow, who are these people? And when I ran, um, I was... Um, self-employed and I was struggling financially
0: so do you think though since we just I mean that's that's almost perfect coming right off of the ambition gap is that since the 90s there has been representation on council where younger women and girls are looking at I could do this I could become the mayor because we have a mayor in in our area and and just the fact that that you have had so many women representing the area that that more women were like yeah I could
3: well I think that goes to when you can see yourself in the position and if you see a female in the position it's it, it becomes you can visualize yourself more um I know when I went to, like, we noticed a big difference when we would go to the urban association conferences versus the rural conferences. I bet. <laughs> you know, and so, <laughs> I'll be careful how I explain this. <laughs> in, in the urban, it was very much more urban. And there was a lot of women there. And when we went to the rural ones, it was guys in cowboy hats and jeans. And it yeah. was still very much the... Um, you know, let's let's go and have a few shots and
0: and. But there up. are women in rural, right? We we figured out there are still women in rural Alberta. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, and and actually, when we when we counted all the women in municipal politics, my research assistant Sarah Greer and myself, um, I wanted to give her a shout out in this because she did a lot of this work. Um, we found that in cities, uh, women were about twenty seven percent of the councilors. But in towns, they were 36%. In villages, they were 35%. So actually, women are having more success in smaller smaller urban or smaller rural communities than they are Mm -hmm. in the big cities.
3: Going back, though, to your question, Shauna, is that that they're having more success or more of them are running?
2: Yeah, and we don't, we didn't see that. So that might be it. More might be running. Um, There's also... Um, the idea that the more prestigious more important more well-paying the position is the more yes. likely we are to see men in
1: those jobs That's and Strat- I think that's
3: Strat- okay but I, it makes sense but <laughs> Strathcona County is one of the few municipalities outside of the cities that have full-time councillors that are making in the about 80000 a year yeah tomorrow.
1: But again, it's a municipality with a lot of money.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> you know,
1: I mean, when we go out, he's
0: not going to let you forget that. <laughs> well, it's,
1: I think I do think it's an it's an important part of the conversation that often gets left out. If you go to some of these other rural communities in Alberta, where women might be having more success getting elected, these aren't great paying jobs a lot of them are actually part time and the women are so many women still working another job while they're serving as a a, a counselor or reeve or you know whatever it is specific to that smaller area so i think men are are also a little bit more inclined to oh you know she's been doing this volunteer stuff for years let her sit on our little city council I think they're more inclined to vote for women when it's a smaller area where there's not a lot of money associated with it, and men don't want it anyways. <laughs> you know, I think at that point, then we become a, a possibility.
3: But do you think it's also possible that, and going back to the uh, Shauna's paper, uh, sorry, Dr. Wilton's paper, that's. Okay. Um,
1: <laughs> no, we're gonna. We are going to use it over and over again, Shauna. I, <laughs> I tell even my students to call me Shauna. So that's that's what I respond to best. If I could get one of those echo machines, it would just be Doctor, 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 Shauna. It'd be like, it would it time be time. like WWF yeah. announcing. Yeah.
3: Going back to the paper, um, there's also the the whole thing of. In rural areas, um, now being raised in a small town, this has been my experience. In rural areas, the women tend to be very, are much more involved in their community, and there seems, as according to this paper, there seems to be a direct correlation between that because it's seen it's seen as the next logical step of serving your community.
2: Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. <laughs> I think that's true. I mean, what we found was that most of the women um, were older, right? So I have sort of my demographics here from the woman that answered anyways, which was only about a little less than a third, but they were 90% white, 68% of them were over 45, Uh, 70% of them had other jobs, sort of like you were saying, 76% were married, 89% had kids. But out of those, half of their kids had left home. Yes. And so yeah. this is what um, we find. And it sort of goes back to that traditional farming community, right? Where the women are very involved in the community, but in very specific gendered ways. And yeah. so these women are involved in the community as they raise their families, um, whether it's through school boards, parents associations, sports activities, and so on and so forth they get to know people people know them they get that experience you know serving right i've been on the parent council myself i've you know been on the the swim board and so on and so forth so they get those kinds of experience and then the kids get older they have a bit more time and they say well actually i can continue this work at a at a higher level which is that level of of uh of local politics right and and so they they bring that experience with them they're also then they have the community knows them Mm
0: -hmm.
2: whereas in and I think that's a barrier for some women in larger centers is that people just don't don't know you because there's just way more people right Right. Um, so people know them they know what they've done they understand their history and these women are able to use that experience to get them into this public
1: role, and now Shana,
0: do you think is?
2: Oh, sorry, Kathleen. God,
0: do you I think is? Was... No, I'm still taking it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we do this all the time. <laughs> do you think that is there a difference too between younger women running in urban, because that's like looking at the uh, like the rural where you have that older demographic. And like you said, like, they've kind of got this life of I've been in school board, I've been on the community association, my kids are grown, I can continue this this way. Whereas I see quite often, there's a lot of very young women running in urban. And do you think that that's, I mean, in a way that kind of speaks to, again, how do people get to know you? Well, that that community
2: building has gone on a lot longer, maybe in the rural areas. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the numbers are specifically to break down ages of women in the different oh, again, of, again because we but, don't have that background on who's running yeah. yeah but I mean but even if I mean I could figure it out if I looked at my data in terms of who <laughs> won anyways but um but I think that might be possible and I mean I think that sort of my preconceived idea going into this research was that well you know I live in Camros, so it's a pretty conservative community right mm-hmm. even with a campus and, and so on and so forth um, in an urban center like Edmonton or Calgary people are going to be more progressive they're going to be more likely to see women candidates as qualified they're going to be more likely to vote for them but that doesn't appear to be the case right and mm-hmm. this has been shown in research done in other provinces as well that it's harder for women to get elected in in um, urban centers, larger urban centers. And I'm not totally sure why. I think part of it might be that generally the people competing in those elections have a different set of qualifications, right? right. So they're not so much basing it on their community experience as their, uh, their business experience or their, you know, they've, they've played a different kind of a role. That might be right. one reason. Um, also, I think because it is um, better paid full time, it's more of a career choice than some of these other jobs are. A lot of the women, even at that first workshop I talked about, were saying, you know, it's part-time. I couldn't do it if my husband wasn't paying the bills. And I'm actually paying my own gas money to drive all around oh, and go to meetings, right? Because yes. I only get like this very small uh, stipend a year. And so so I think that it's just the context is really, really different. How that applies to Strathcona County, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
3: special (laughs) maybe you are
2: just the anomaly that proves all the other rules right so
1: i I also tend to wonder about uh having had experience with small towns i was raised in a small town and my husband is from a super small town like my former husband two thousand people super small town one of the things i experienced as part of small town life was the the cultural hierarchy within those small towns as well. And how a lot of times when women do manage to get elected, they're already women who are enjoying a certain amount of esteem in that small town based on a family name or a family history. There's some of that too. Now I don't see that so much with Strathcona County because again, uh, it's an anomaly. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, larger than the average small town and so I don't see that same sort of cultural dynamic but my experience in other small towns has been it the name kind of matters more than the gender a lot of times (laughs) you know
3: but I think that name thing ties in with the the amount of investment that woman has in her community because I think when everybody knows your name, oh,
1: I think sometimes it's community <laughs> investment. And a lot of times it's it's families that have had had a an obscene amount of influence in that area for a few generations, especially in smaller towns. You go into some very small towns and it's about who your family is. It's not just about who your husband is or who your dad was. It's about who your grandfather was and your great-grandfather was. And women... That's my area. Women, rightly or wrongly, benefit from that sort of culture. Now, in Strathcona County, in um, out in uh, Stony Plain, I'm, there's... It's a little different, right? But in very small communities that people are born into and die their way out of, I think that still happens quite a bit.
3: I, I must be attract. I must be attracted to anomalies and stuff because I was uh, raised in a town of 200. That's now, I think, at 12 has burgeoned to the booming metropolis of about 12 or 1500. And um, it, it wasn't that way, but. Obviously,
1: I live in weird places. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, even uh, I, I grew up in a small town in the Fraser Valley in British Columbia, largely a, a farming community and a military base. That was it. But we knew the family names. Yeah. And we knew, same. we knew who who ran the town. And it sure it as heck wasn't the military kids and it wasn't <laughs> the berry pickers kids we knew who was in charge. So I, I think there's also that aspect to sometimes women getting elected in these smaller areas. I also think that women in these small, smaller areas who do manage to get elected don't deal with what women in urban centers do when it comes to, well, that didn't work. We're never electing a woman again.
2: Hmm.
1: We, gave her, we gave women a chance when we elected Betty Brown. Look at the job she did. We're never voting for a woman again. Men don't ever have to deal with that. No one ever says, Well, we gave men a chance and they messed it up. So we're not, we're not giving them the power again. We just giving it to them. <laughs> Qualified, unqualified, screwing up, success. We don't care, right? We just keep giving them pow- the power. Whereas if one woman makes what is perceived to be an error as an elected representative, then that's what we hear. Yeah, we're not voting for we're not voting for the broads again
2: that that could also though partially explain strathcona's success because there's enough women there that you can't just blame the mistake of one person on an entire Aww. gender right so it's that it's that critical mass i think is really key and when people talk about the 30 percent that's seen sort of globally as being this magic number that once we get past 30 percent we'll have this critical mass of women and they'll be able to be more diverse and they'll be able to not just represent women's interests in their job um, right not sure that is the magic number but yeah
3: yeah and um I just lost it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was it was so insightful.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Those are always the ones that slip <laughs> away.
3: Oh, ha- having said that, um, I know that in like we have a, a male mayor for the first time since two thousand and one, and I have heard people say. Like I, I, one guy in particular was just disgusted because he couldn't talk his parents out of voting for the male, because their reasoning was, "eh, it's time."
1: Okay, nice.
3: So for a male mayor. We've we've had lots of female mayors. It's
1: time for a male. Man. That just doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs>
2: Um, (laughs) although people are the same way with parties right oh the conservatives have been in power for a while i mean we don't say this in alberta but in other other places right (laughs) the conservatives have been in power for a while let's try the liberals or let's try you know so try someone else i haven't heard that specifically i think that's new with the the male mayor though that That
1: actually happens in normal provinces imagine (laughs) i know i always i always have
0: to say and you know i always qualify when i'm talking about provincial politics i always mention by the way i only saw my first change in government in my 40s so like i know yeah. it's very different everywhere else but you know it's and but it's like not having a change and i think that's something too that's kind of interesting with municipal politics at least in the smaller areas i don't know what it really looks like in in urban because i don't live in urban um but You get more, I think you get more um, movement within Mm. uh, municipal politics with people doing it for a year or two. Like, do you have as many lifers? Like my favorite,
1: my favorite era of Alberta politics is when the conservatives were in power and also the official opposition. That was an awesome time, was it not? When we had the PCAA running things, and then we had the WRP as the official opposition.
3: And they still couldn't get
1: along. It was still couldn't make it work. This is Alberta.
3: One of the things that I, I wanted, there's a, well, there's a couple of things it's, and I want to preface everything I'm saying with, this is my personal experience, living in this strange little specialized municipality.
0: That we've already said is just so weird. It just doesn't match anything. (laughs) Yeah.
3: But my perception is one of, one of the reasons why women have a hard time seeing themselves in the, that position, is because overall there's a lack of understanding about what the role is. So if the only thing you know about the role is maybe a, um, you're reading a, the local paper and you find out so so and so got in trouble or so and so voted this way or whatever, they have no idea what the day-to-day role of a, a municipal councilor what right. it looks like. And so how do you envision yourself in that role if you don't know what that role even looks like?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, no. Yeah, because they don't do something like, you know, like with everything else, you've got kind of a, like a job posting here are the here are the roles. This is what the counselors do. And that's something that we have spent time talking to current counselors about is it's it says it's a part time job. It's not really a part time job, though, is it? <laughs> you know, and and they're always like, the opposite. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. full time <laughs> that people said. Are you sure it's a full-time job? Because I think it's just a part-time job.
0: Were they always prepared for meetings, though?
1: <laughs> Did they uh, read everything they were supposed to read? <laughs> now, see, this this is exactly why I chose not to run. I had put together a team um, quite a few years back when Stephen Mandel announced that he wasn't uh, going to seek the mayor's office again I had I wasn't going to run for mayor Carla's looking at me like what what <laughs> no I was just going to run as a uh, run for council in my ward and I met with Karen Libavici several times who at that point in time was running for mayor she'd been serving on council and was running for mayor And what changed my mind about running is I don't like people enough to put up with that much shit. If we're being honest, when she told me, you know, this is a 24-7 job and you're never going to be in a grocery store and not get bothered. You're never going to be on the street and not get bothered. You're going to get phone calls about What seems to you the stupidest things at the stupidest hours, and (laughs) you are going to have to accept that to the constituent on the other end of that phone, it is the most important thing in their life right now, they voted for you to represent them, and they expect action. And you have to decide if you're going to have the patience for that. Now, I don't have the patience for someone who calls me a nasty name on Twitter. So it's highly unlikely that I would be suitable to that kind of role.
3: I chose not to run in 2017. I did one term, said that's enough for me. And I still jokingly, half jokingly say the reason there's no not more women in municipal municipal politics is because we're smarter. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, it's some of the stories I could tell you, but yes, um, I had residents call me and uh, one in particular. So he calls me and he says, I live here and here is just by this um, major artery and there's a stoplight lights there and they need to stop the traffic more because people are speeding up and down there and so I tried to explain to him that if you make them stop more it's going to get noisier because then they're going to be accelerating from that area right yes he said to me don't argue with me do what I tell you and do your job see
1: I could (laughs) <laughs> I, I would Kathleen's like. like not, I would not. get elected on Tuesday night and by Thursday <laughs> I'd be resigning in some kind of scandal where I told someone to take a flying leap off the high level well, and you know you, it would happen to give you an idea um
3: also I ended up in trouble twice during those four years one was because um one of the cal- uh, counselors that I was sitting with her husband was on Twitter and he was being a jackass and so and he kept pushing me and kept pushing me and we were in this exchange and I was just getting frustrated and finally I said something about buzz off or no what did See, that I... was
0: still polite
3: even no, if you said buzz it was oh bite me that's what it was it ended up in the paper about how I was not treating residents appropriately.
1: <laughs> Forget it. I wouldn't time... even make it through the celebration party and I'd be residing.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Another time, a conservative uh, MP made a comment that I thought was just so incredibly partisan and stupid. And I basically responded with that. I got censored by my council because there was such an uproar about it. Wow. So yeah, you <laughs> have to, yeah,
1: and Kathleen. Okay, but how much? See now <laughs> that actually being censured, that actually reeks of misogyny. That actually reeks of something that would only happen to a woman. No, because
3: man. Because one of our counselors on this term was on a Zoom call and and accidentally on live <laughs> told his his female counselor to shut the f up.
1: Okay, well, that's, yeah, that but that's, rude. that's during a
3: meeting. I mean, I think it depends on the council, like in, on my council, there really wasn't anybody else on Twitter. So they weren't really, they weren't getting into trouble. And they weren't as mouthy as me because as Kathleen knows, halfway through my term at the two year mark, I lost my son and my emotional reserve tank was empty. Like yeah. I just wasn't putting up with any, can I swear on here?
1: Yes, absolutely. We love How the cursing.
3: <laughs> we be <meet> cursy. <laughs> the cursy words. Um, so my emotional reserve tank and my give a fuck <laughs> was completely empty. And so I was going off when I wouldn't have before. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the reasons why I decided not to run again, because I just could not deal with it. And so, um, yeah, no, I, I, Honestly, I probably deserved it, um, but you do have to be very aware of that. Like Kathleen, you would, you would go insane. Yeah, go insane.
1: Yeah, it's it's not. I people annoy me at the best times. Yep. all people, yeah. even yep. people I like. Some days, even Deirdre annoys me.
0: <laughs> she I mean, I, never I ever I, says it though.
1: I can barely like my own kids. <laughs> And so so Shana, this is not find- a job I'd be well suited
2: it, for. I'm just thinking it would be really interesting to see what people are censured for and if there is a gender imbalance yeah. in that. I think that, I mean, I'm not sure what a censure comes from or what it what it meant for you other than sort of a don't do that anymore. Um, <laughs> so it might just be a sort of a public relations exercise. Well, some people are upset about this, so we're going to censure you so that, you know, they, they know that we're taking their complaints their yeah. complaint seriously, but I think too when you speak about like your personal life and your emotional state, I think that's something that women are often penalized for yes. more more than men in, yeah. in public life and and you know and that um, I totally get what you're saying that you had like no reserve left for dealing with this crap, but um, in doing that you probably played into some people's worst stereotypes about about women in politics, right? And and which is unfortunate, but it's um it would be sort of justifying what they what Already. they what they thought, even though it's totally legitimate yeah.
1: and understandable. Like here's a great comparison, Carla. When when Brian Jean lost his son, then his house burned down, and his community burned down, he was heroic. But when you or I Lose a son, and we're trying to deal with the the overwhelming grief. It's debilitating grief of that. We're hysterical, we're over emotional, mm-hmm. we're out of our minds with grief. It's it's a a complete turnaround, you know, in how we're viewed in dealing with tragedies in our lives, and how men are viewed when they're dealing with tragedy. He's the hero. And we're, we're to be handled with kid gloves because we could go off at any moment due to that grief.
3: And again, it's my personal, it's only my lived experience. I can't speak for anybody else. I never really got that sense.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. See, I got it quite a bit after my son died that, yeah. you know, she's crazy.
3: Well, <laughs> well, now, now, remember, I was one of four women on the council, one being the mayor, right? Yeah. I mean, the mayor, who was a woman, Roxanne Carr, who I have a great deal of respect for, I mean, she was basically like, you do what you got to do. You take off as long as you want to take off. You take care of yourself. You, you know, like, extremely supportive. And so I never really... Got that sense mm-hmm. but again i'm speaking from my experience only
1: not
0: and women. that's not a that would not be a space where most women would end up dealing with that having another woman saying or who's who's the one to tell them you know and have that authority um shauna when you were talking to when you were getting a lot of these stories um like have have some of the have the things that we've been talking about is that is that ringing a
2: bell with the, the information that you were getting? I, I think so. I mean, and um, I mean, one thing that we haven't talked about that comes up in my research um, and is covered a little bit in this paper is that the, all the women that are told not to run. Oh, right. Oh, so we don't talk don't about run, that at all. That <laughs> Don't run. You know what? You've got small kids at home. Right, and so oh, I think this right. ties in again to this these ideas about about women and, and their place in society. So, for example, um, and this is studies have shown this in the U.S. too, that we're more suspicious of women that don't have children than those that have children. We expect women to have children.
0: Danielle Smith saw that.
2: Yeah, yeah. And but at the same time, ideally, the children should have grown up, left home been successful to prove that you were a good mother right and and then and you need to um because we don't want to worry as voters that you might be um paying more attention to your children or family than to us yeah and so women get caught in this really hard place this hard balancing act of trying to both um benefit from the gender stereotypes and it reminded me of that when you're talking about the family names right like use your family name great use that as a way to get into public life. Um, So they can benefit from the idea that well as a mother I was involved in my community and I've done all of these great things for our community, Um, but then they're also, if they break from that, um, by being too emotional, too assertive, um, whatever it might be, then they tend to be doubly punished right yeah. people look at them um worse than than a man and I mean I don't know that we've answered the question about why Strathcona is special <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean I think that I mean the one thing that I keep coming back to on that is just the fact that you know at one point in time something crazy happened and you got a bunch of women and a female mayor on city council and um and that just created space for other it women was to normalize.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
2: And I know um, some of the women, I'll, I'll read you one quote. It's actually the first quote in the paper. This is from a woman. She said, I didn't realize the impact I had until after the election when women in my community came up to me in the street and said that I inspired their daughters and granddaughters as a role model for them. That is so very inspiring to me. Um, this idea that by having women in those positions and seeing that they can do it, leads others to believe that they can, right? Helps bridge that ambition gap. And then when you have those women who are in the jobs also saying, you can do this and you should run. I think you'd be good at this, which I guess wasn't quite your situation, Kathleen, right?
1: They said, maybe you shouldn't do (laughs) this. Rightly so. Um, Rightly um... so, because I'm a big believer that, yes, we need more women. We need more women at every level of government. Women should be in every room where decisions are being made. Not every woman, though.
2: Yeah, and, and <laughs> not this one. And I think what we not, really need to do is to see more, more diverse women, right? So, yes. I did have one woman who was a single parent raising her children and serving on council as well, and it was extremely challenging in a in a variety of ways for her. But again, she's sort of the the exception right. to the the sort of more standard woman's experience. But if we have single parents single women women without children women from different backgrounds and that'll make it even more representative and a better better government for us boom, bang, boom, bang.